0: Folks, I was very sad to hear about the death of Captain Tom. (laughs) Captain Tom. You know him, the captain. People, the journalists, they would come to me and they would say, they would say, Mr. President, will you support the captain? And I would always say, yes, I do. He's a very old friend of mine. Very, very old. The scientists, actually, they don't know quite how old he is. People, they don't tell you that, but they don't. They don't know that. They can't tell you exactly how old, but they're sure that he was born before they invented the telephone. (laughs) He's over... Two hundred years old, and he would be there walking around in circles, walking around in support of the of the starving children, walking around in his little garden there. And uh, he's led a great life. The Captain Tom, Tommy. Tommy, because uh, he invented a beautiful cereal. Remember the cereal, the Captain Tom cereal. I remember Don Jr. when he was that small. He used to eat it, and he would always say, "He always say, Dad, Papa, can I have some more? Can I have some more, Captain Tom?" And I do always say, I'm not sure Danny, you're getting a little bit getting a little bit chunky there, Danny. Maybe lay off the Captain Tom. But it's very delicious cereal. You can get it in any Trump resort you can. Because in those days you could <laughs> <laughs> as a as a sea captain, you could create you could make cereal and you were allowed to do that. But these days they don't let you do it anymore. They say the cereal, they say it's too wet. This is too wet. The cereal. They say you can't do it. Too wet. And I say, but it's cereal. It's supposed to be wet. And they say that's... But we're talking here about water, not milk. Not milk. There's no milk at sea. They say you can't sail on milk. But I have. And I do, actually. A lot. I do a lot. Anyway, Captain Crunch was the greatest golf caddy I ever had. And uh, we'll all miss him a lot. Thank you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> awoo welcome to the podcast <laughs>
2: uh, th- 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 mo- moving, moving words from uh, a politician who, whose departure we also uh, mourn we do in a different way <laughs> yeah Oh, my. Well, um, welcome to uh, Trash Future, where we are saying rip to uh, a guy who walked up and down his garden for a while. Uh, I think, uh, Mr. Mr. Former President, you paid him a beautiful tribute. Yeah,
3: and I mean, he, he, got to, he got to go to Barbados and catch the novel coronavirus, which was his fondest
0: dream. Mm hmm. I've got some things in the Caribbean I can tell you, but I won't talk about that here.
4: <laughs> oh, th- thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> You're still. It's great. It's great to be here. British Airways did this whole thing about like we mourn the loss of Captain Tom, and it's like, bitch, you flew him there, <laughs> you killed Captain <laughs> Tom. <laughs> We're all trying <laughs> to find the guy who out. did this. It reminds it reminds me of
5: like you know when RBJ RB yeah RBG died. Um. Yeah, and uh, it turned out that she had gone to a wedding, like a like a because week or so. Someone before. was like, "Wouldn't it be yeah. Wouldn't
4: it be epic and bacon if she officiated our wedding and then she died?" <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny
6: to think of the epic
4: bacon people being RBG guys now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they're they're all like that. Your your wedding your wedding was absolutely l- epic, and now we have Janine Añez on the Supreme <laughs> Court.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
4: Yeah, she's still carrying that Bible in there. <laughs> uh, she
2: just drives in in her giant Bible. Um. That's yeah. Right. So, look. Hey, we got a lot of get to get through today. Um. And I was thinking it'd be fun if we talked about a little startup. Uh, okay. An SU, a classic. Start it up <laughs> an SU. Yeah, we're starting it up, <laughs> gentlemen. To the and ladies of
6: pink papers. Start uh,
2: your up. Mm. Uh, the startup is called Hip. Hmm. It is called. Does it it,
3: um, infect Captain Tom with the novel
2: coronavirus (laughs) killing him? It would would be a good place to get the novel coronavirus. So it's a restaurant. No, it's not a restaurant. It does involve an enclosed space. Although like all of these, it's actually as a service.
3: The least useful refinement you could make, Uh, it involves an uh, enclosed
2: space. Is yeah, it? I, I learned how to be specific from Bill Clinton in the nineties.
6: Is it like, um, uh, like a ch- changing room where someone gives you like dressing advice? Uh huh. I'm thinking about the hip thing in closed space, yeah. like a, like a personal shopper, but you have to be in a cubicle with them. So,
2: like, you say it's like a bathroom cop, but for changing <laughs> your clothes.
6: Basically, yeah, it's a bathroom. The bathroom fashion police. <laughs> okay. We don't care what gender you are, but sir, those cargo shorts are very last season.
2: Um, what what season was cargo shorts in? I don't know. Not last this one. Not <laughs> this one. Well, this one certainly. Uh, no. the, here's okay. I'm just gonna the hip doesn't tell you very much. I'm gonna give you a little more. The future of work has come to your company. Again? What do you think? I
3: was so so sick of the future of work coming to my company
2: every week when we do
3: this segment.
2: Are you concerned that the future of work might come to our company? I'm
3: very concerned I'm going to be replaced with the Chinese dick-sucking robot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: we're we're all just going to be replaced with Chinese rooms um yeah. none of us can talk to each other it's a
6: podcast where we just say things and just hope they correspond to what other people have oh, said well that's uh, your Hussein, problem. i want to know what you think
2: uh, i want to know what you think the future of work has come to your company
5: yeah my is it are they like funky hoodies that also work as a way of like surveilling you there is a surveillance Ooh, element of course there's a surveillance element well of course why wouldn't yeah, there that's be what, that's why i'm thinking like okay well is it just yeah uh, is it just kind of like Supreme hoodies that yeah. have like microphones and Bluetooth connected.
3: Is it is it going to be like literally hip? Does it relate to the human hip as a body part? In oh my some god! Way? Is it yeah. is it like a
5: pa- Is yeah. it like yeah. a pager that tells you like if you're sat on the toilet for too long?
6: <laughs> no, no, that would be very funny. But no, it's called a Fitbit. Hussein.
4: <laughs> I I was thinking because when you first said hip, and I assume this is an American company, the first thing that came to mind for me was HIPAA, the like patient privacy act stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought so. Is I also thought hip, like hipster f- clothes. But then also, yeah. So is it like a thing that you basically get your company gets like medical screenings? Like you can summon a doctor with an app. You can summon something, but it's not a doctor. Is it? it,
3: it can you summon oh. the Canadian band, The Tragically
4: Hip?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is it? Um, is it Beelzebub? <laughs> uh, so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump right in here. I'm gonna tell you what's up. Because this, is, this goes back to a, tr- a classic TF observation about Silicon Valley startups.
3: Oh, It's they, another bus they, they, reinvention. It's the fucking oh, bus again.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> it's another bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our mission. HIP was founded on one basic principle. The way we commute is outdated and unreliable. Number one, that's not a principle. That's an observation. Get it right. Mm. Um, number two. The global pandemic has offered us an opportunity to rethink how, where, and when we work. Whatever the Mm. answer to these questions, we're here to help workers get there. What are these problatunities that you hear so (laughs) much about? Exactly. And so they're saying, the future of work has come to your company. We're building the future of commuting to get your people there.
4: With a bus. Right. With a bus, Like a regular wheeled bus. Uh,
3: mm
2: Mm-hmm. Is it it really a
4: bus, or is it like a slug line thing like they have in D.C. where it's like unofficial carpooling, or is it actually a bus?
2: Uh, It is... Okay, so basically, here's what they say. It is an easy-to-implement shuttle solution, so... You could just replace all of that right. with a bus. Okay. Uh-huh. it is a so I'm gonna replace that with bus. It is a bus designed to provide safe, reliable rides to work, attract and retain top talent, and provide measurable returns on investment. Attract and retain
6: top talent.
2: Why? Because they can't leave the
6: bus. <laughs> like it's like it's like the film's speed, like if the bus <laughs> goes below fifty miles an hour, it explodes, so you have to stay on the bus. So, yeah. Try joining another company, but you'll have to jump out the back of the bus and take your chances.
4: Is this like Uber for people who have buses and vans? Is this like if you don't have enough money coming in when you've done the $1,500 a month van rental startup, you can use your van to become a bus part-time? No, not, so what it is, is it's for companies to offer shuttle services to, for to and from work
2: because they don't want their workers using public transport. because oh, So it. you,
4: you they, too they all, can have a
2: Google oh, bus. But like, yeah, exactly, it. without Google money.
4: Because one of the things that a lot of companies do outside of Silicon Valley is that, like, if they, for example, are located in a not super attractive location that's easy to get to, like, if public transit goes there, but it doesn't go right up to like walking distance, they'll do bus services already, you know, from the train station or whatever Mm -hmm. to their offices. So this is already kind of baked in in like the premium white people jobs tier in America. Mm -hmm. So you're basically saying this is just that, but. It's sort of it's an app. COVIDified, yeah. It's, yep. it, it's making it. It's making it a, It's being sold as like a COVID solution. Like top talent doesn't want to be in the office, yeah. and somehow they can't. They they can't work from home because I don't know. You you make a, a, an ice cream Juicero, so you need them there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, they they call themselves your back to work partner. Oh boy, uh, where the commute uh. is a key barrier to reopening
2: work sites safely. Our technology platform gives you the tools to plan and manage, and our service options give you the total flexibility to scale your shuttle programs. So basically, what this is all about is let's get people back into work, and let's do it by making public transport uh, a disease-ridden, <laughs> let's, lower-class, let's poor service. give
6: Everyone, the
2: coronavirus. <laughs> yes. Well, and let's and then let's have like corporate provided elite forms of public transport that uh you can't get on if you don't work for the company S- so
4: you Ooh. can then go to the office and fucking cough on each other yeah. all day because as we all know the coronavirus definitely will not enter offices and, unless it's invited and also, in. give the poor business.
3: bastard who's driving the bus the novel coronavirus <laughs>
2: uh-huh
4: that's correct
6: yes yeah <laughs> all the buses will be driven by captain tom yeah
2: that's right um <laughs>
6: Captain Tom coming back as like ghost rider <laughs>
3: and just driving the corporate shell bus. Yeah, as part of our fucking memorial program, every bus driver in Britain will now be forced to don a full body Captain Tom's oh, no.
2: They they must mm. be they. It's Captain Tom becomes the uh, an honorific for um for British bus drivers. Also, we're gonna name a we're gonna take the city of uh, Brighton, which has had it too good for too long, and rename it Captain Tom. That's right. I'd be in favor of that. Actually, Brighton sucks. <laughs> but anyway, so um, yeah. So the, basically, what I think is very funny is just that what they have done essentially is they've said, hey, what if we had instead of public transport for everyone mm. that's well funded and clean and safe and stuff, what if we made a second tier of public transport? that was specifically funded by companies to get their workers to and from work. And we put that tier above the public tier. Hmm. Uh, oh, because the top be structure. Yeah, it would be like, yeah. a, like a second tier. So we could have a two-tier service. <laughs> what do you think about that? What if we fragmented public transport infrastructure and instead created lots of private mini infrastructure. This is like (laughs) Elon Musk shit, basically. Like, what if we dug another subway underneath the existing subway but it was for cars? I mean, listen,
4: (laughs) as as
3: a resident of Glasgow City, which has 97 bus companies, none of which interact with each other, I can tell you, the more bus companies you have doing their thing, the better. It really adds Mm. to the, like, spice of life and the variety.
6: Nobody
2: leaves until we find out what bus cunt did (laughs) this. (laughs) that's right and so basically like it's the platform manager that Mm. also has the service provider so you can connect with service providers then they get like white labels and stuff so like if you're a service provider right you have to like rebrand your bus like a hip bus Um, so it's like uh it's like uh oyo in that way oh it's the company that destroys (laughs) bus companies (laughs) maybe (laughs)
6: Hey, maybe. All, all
2: of those
3: hideous, different, but distinct corporate bus liveries just turning into plain white bus is going to be both- <laughs> Every bus looks like the secure mental institution yeah. <laughs> bus. <laughs> it's almost um, depressing. Like, that's how grim this is, is that it might make me nostalgic for first bus.
5: I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what it means when it says attract top talent, because this sort of seems like it's like,
3: well, because they can sell you on like, you should come and work for us because we have a luxury bus.
5: Right. So like rather, mm. rather than having to kind of like walk 20 to 30 minutes or take a series of other buses to get to your shitty job. Um,
6: yeah. Which we'll would have logos you, yeah.
3: on them as opposed right. to just being white.
6: Right. Also, this is America, like, in mo- in, like almost outside of like New York and Chicago.
2: Basically, everyone drives everywhere anyway. That's
5: because bus that's public transport everywhere else sucks, right?
2: Yeah. Well, that's why the, uh, that's why the companies offer these shuttle buses uh, to make
4: sure no one develops any public transport. And then in, that in the case anyone <laughs> does, it's kept as like a lower tier residualized service. The thing about it is in San Francisco is that people want to live in San Francisco, the city, but yeah. the big jobs a lot of them are outside yeah, of the like city. Google in, runs in, the bus to its
6: campus yeah, and whatever. So yeah. so
4: basically if you have the money and you can live in San Francisco and you wanna like be there, you the, the the way that they attract people to come work for them, one of the ways is that like you don't have to, you know take San Francisco's relatively unreliable public transit to get to Palo Alto and then suddenly be in fucking Palo Alto or Mountain View or wherever and not be able... Because you, then you're at the station and you can't fucking get to the campus, which is not next to the train station. Mm. So they yeah, started doing Cal this Yeah, where, it where it's sort of like reverse... Uh, like your normal commute, public transit of bringing you into the city center, like this is the reverse direction. Um, But now they're basically just taking that model and being like, what if we did this any- in other places so that you never have to worry about taking the subway in New York or PATH or, or Long Island Railroad or fucking Metro North mm-hmm. or anything, or like the T in Boston or stuff like that. Because I mean, there are cities in America with relatively functional and reliable public transit. I mean... Like, weirdly, uh, one of the places that has a decent elevated train is Miami, for example. Mm. But like, they're not reliable enough pretty much anywhere. And especially outside of New York, Uh, really outside of New York City, there's not a lot of places where you can legitimately not have a car. And so mm. I, I don't know what the what the angle here is, like if they're selling this just for California, or if like, they're trying to do it in places like Chicago. Oh, everywhere. But... But, I mean, as Milo said, it doesn't really make sense to do it because, I mean, like, yes, there's there's a light rail in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's a light rail in St. Louis, Missouri. Like, they're relatively new. They exist. But, like, very few people are able to live where you can, like, have a job that's close enough to one station and a place to live close to another station where it makes sense to be their sole method of you're saying that a,
3: a startup that we're doing as a segment on this
2: show doesn't make economic sense? <laughs> because they, right now they mostly work in New York and New Jersey.
4: <laughs> oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, um, got it. So here's I, I, I earlier. I jobs. also said
2: that there was uh, there were some elements that were uh, re- relating to surveillance. Uh, because if you have the platform, the hip like com- commute management platform, you'll know when your employees buy tickets, mm-hmm. and then also Wait, they have to buy tickets yes. for the
6: corporate provided transport. Yeah, so, diff- so different. You people, can surveil yeah. them, of course.
2: Different things are available like it's one of these platforms you can make them charge tickets if you charge for tickets if you want. The platforms don't determine what the employer does with it. Like you can set a price if you want, you can not set right, a price okay. if you want. But on the on the most basic level, this is from TechCrunch. The HIP platform connects companies to bus and shuttle providers, offering route planning and has a contract tracing tool to help companies track COVID-19. Companies can also use the platform to set vehicle capacity controls sure and add health and consent that We forms. won't
3: use the contact tracing thing for anything else. I say mm-hmm. as we watch Amazon change the timing of red lights at a, in a town where the warehouse is trying to unionize. Mm hmm. Wait, what? They're they're changing the timing of of traffic lights so that that people have to stop, and,
2: like, uh, like... (laughs) I think it's either- It's to disrupt them from running into one another, outside of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not.
6: He, Alice is well, not making no. this up. No, no, no I'm, I'm not saying Alice is making it up. I'm just it's trying just to get so, my head yeah. around like what what the what the game I is think... there. I mean, Amazon, evil company. They're absolutely doing this for evil reasons. I fully, I'm fully behind that. I just, I'm confused as to like what the point of I, it I is. I think the
3: idea is they have like not quite a picket line, but they'll have union supporters and union organizers stand by the side of the road on the way in, trying to talk to people. And so what mm. they've done is just, oops, no more red lights, so now you can't. Do that, you
2: have to drive past them. Mm
3: -hmm. And who has just let Amazon do that? City government. I mean, yes, I mean, city
2: government's basically like, well, if Amazon leaves, then everyone loses their jobs. So I guess we'll have to let them take over control of the traffic lights. Mm Yeah, that seems very normal. <laughs> I, lo- I love how just like
6: everything Amazon does is just like Lex Luthor shit at this point. Like, you will surrender control of the traffic system <laughs> to me. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> because if you don't, economic insecurity will surely just follow. Trying to do the Italian <laughs> job to a
3: town in
2: Alabama as a bit is <laughs> <laughs> just because you're bored. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, anyway. So yeah, I, I think that's uh that's very One of interesting. These They're buses. like, yeah, we're gonna One of these yeah,
3: buses we're perfectly balanced over the edge of a cliff.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, Alex. Anyway.
2: I've got a brilliant idea. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on a little bit. I'm gonna I've I've some headlines uh, about the Labour Party. Oh good. Oh, Our favorite
4: organization. Oh, oh, sweet. I, I made yeah.
5: I made like a New Year's resolution not to talk about the Labour parties. So I'm in a very Interesting predicament, right? You should now. just
3: boycott this, okay. like the Soviets and the yeah. uh, the A.C. Olympics.
5: <laughs>
2: That's right. Uh, who if anything Hussein talks about is about the Australian Labor Party. <laughs> That's uh, right. Any similarity no, to this Labor Party is uh, the, entirely od- the, only, the only
5: Labor Party I recognize is uh, the only Labor Party that matters, which is childbirth. <laughs>
2: That's, right. <laughs> so That's right. You, got, you yeah, gotta you gotta like party. respect
3: the Irish Labor Party. Who have like one seat but did manage to snag the Twitter at Labor, like with a U.
2: So the Shadow Chancellor has recently declared that Labor is pro business. Cool. Uh, where the Shadow mm. Chancellor has defended Labor's stance on business and insisted it does want to work with the business community. Uh, Shadow Chancellor. The business Chancler, community? Shadow, 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 of Shadow, business. Cha- Shadow Chancellor Ed. Oh, sorry. That's a, that's a headline from 2015. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Wrong headline. That's from uh, six years ago. Uh, let me just do uh, a, the, the headline from this year. So um, this is this is it from a speech from the labor leader. I stand here re- today ready to lead a new generation now leading labor. Be in no doubt, the new generation of labor is different with different attitudes, different ideas, different ways of t- shit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I knew, you were doing a, I knew you were
3: doing a bit because that was actually <laughs> too nah. good to be Starmer. Like it's not a good speech by any means, but it's also more declarative than anything he's ever said.
2: <laughs> so, yes, uh, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. I found the one from this. So this is the one from 2021. Sorry, everybody. I'll get it right this time. It says, Starmer will seek to reset his faltering leadership. This is a head, Sunday Times headline. They pledge to make Labor part, the Labour Party unashamedly pro-business. Unashamedly Sorry, I kept getting it wrong. pro-business. Yeah. I kept getting it wrong those previous times. Before uh, those this, were, Business before this yeah, we before were this. shamedly pro-business.
4: We would do, yeah, we would do some right. pro-business, but we would feel bad about it. Yeah. We were in the closet for our <laughs> pro-business tendencies. <laughs> you right. know, and, and we it wouldn't it let sense. business hold our hand in public. No. We were just like... That's right. Uh, uh, we had internalized anti-businessism. <laughs> yeah. We
5: know that the way to win back Red Wall voters is by letting Amazon change the traffic lights in, mm. in like all of Newcastle. That's
4: right. Yeah. So, well, well, that's the point, right? The Labor Party is called the Labor Party because it's for people who love working. That's right. They love exactly. to go to work. They love to go to their job. They love having bosses and making their bosses happy. I was
6: thinking about this today because uh it was something about like Keir Starmer talking about the Labor Party should be unashamedly pro business. And I was like, what does this remind me of? And it took me a minute of thinking, I'm like, what is this? what does this remind me of? And I'm like, Matt Hancock's Tory leadership campaign. (laughs) Because this is my, one of my favorite things that has ever happened, which is when uh, there was some like, uh, Boris Johnson was reported as having in some private meeting when people brought up the effects of Brexit on business to have said, fuck business. And some reporters put this to Matt Hancock during his leadership campaign. And he's he's like, well, I don't think that's any way to talk about business. (laughs) What I I say is, fuck, fuck business.
2: We're very very big on supporters business <laughs> okay. like, Matt Hancock does not know what business I literally, is I mean, I, I Matt literally Hancock is the forgot. fucking goat, he is the yeah. fucking king I forgot he ran for leader too that was, yeah. god, and, what a beautiful moment and the thing is, with that campaign he won the leadership as I recall Good, Yeah. <laughs> now he's leader and <laughs> the hearts of the nation <laughs> Absolutely, That's because
5: Vasquez um, Boris Johnson knows how to neck
2: that's right. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is just basically this has been a week. Now I know we we have a thing where we try not to talk about the British Labour Party too yeah, much because it and generally sucks. Yeah, it sucks and it's stupid, it's a busted flush and you shouldn't care about it. Because However, it's, uh, what has happened this week is a number of just extremely funny things have come out of the Labour Party and the Labour Party leaders' can office. We, can we can we are-
3: summarize them broadly as lurching rightward <laughs> for no yeah, real reason?
2: <laughs> We are, we are, well, I think the real reason is that uh, this is a right wing party controlled by right wing oh, people yeah, and they are, fine, but- you know, exercising their politics. Like, that's the reason. However, I think that the reason we're going to talk about these today is that um, all of what they have said in the last week is extremely funny. Uh, and uh, really sort of brings to mind a party that absolutely knows why it is in politics and what it is there to do other than just, you know, act as the left side of the ratchet to the right that keeps anything from, you know, getting materially better. Mm. Fucking awesome. I mean, it reminds me a bit,
6: I think, of a conversation that, rather you and I had recently when we talked about the what we thought at the time of the Labour leadership election, which was that, broadly, all of the candidates kind of sucked. Starmer was obviously going to win and that we both thought that, like, if Starmer won, there would be, like, a rightward shift in the politics, which has happened, but we also thought that, at the very least, that would come with a commensurate, general, like, slickness of delivery in a kind of Blairite vein. Like, okay, the politics would start to suck, but at least it would be, like, effective media management, you know, like, Starmer would, like, play well with the media, he'd know what he was doing, it would all be, like, very slick and well-organized, and, like, that just hasn't fucking happened. Like, that was Corbyn's weakness, and he is... Worse at it than Corbyn. Like, he's just, it is like if you put fucking Corbyn and David Cameron in the machine from the fly and combined all of their most incompetent aspects to produce the, all the kind of like ham robot <laughs> shit of David Cameron and most of his politics, and then that kind of like dithering awkwardness of Corbyn, and Star was just saying, so going, I know, well, I think
2: actually I'd, I would like to agree with the Prime Minister first of all, whilst also <laughs> saying that I agree. It's <laughs> all he is essentially you know what he is your your impression of starmer i figured out what it is okay it is uh, it is Alan Partridge at three quarter scale.
4: <laughs> it, it's a double O Yeah. It's, no, yeah. I mean, I. It's genuinely. It's like when you elect someone who looks like an Easter Island statue as your labor <laughs> leader, you, you at least expect him to have like an imposing, foreboding voice. But he talks like Alan Partridge too. It's you have a fucking Alan. nerd statue. Mm. <laughs> so, um. Anyway, so this is this is that the the pro business
2: thing is just like the most recent one, and like you can talk about what pro business. Means The fact is it's not very well defined what it actually means. We can kind of like he, he said he doesn't want to go back to austerity and whatever. I, I'm not trying to like read the tea leaves or do like South Sideology to figure out like what's going yeah. on here. But what is very clear is that. He's just sort of like allowing himself to be led by focus grouping and no, awesome. no place is that more evident than in the report that just got the consultancy report that labor has commissioned that just got released. Uh, you remember, and I love, you
3: remember about six months ago when that, uh, like labor, uh, think tank came out with. Why don't we just do Faith, Flag, and Family, or something like that? And then all yeah. of us clowned on it and then immediately forgot about it, because we stopped caring about the Labour Party. I, hey, you know right. what Labour Party voters love? Marshall Peter. <laughs> literally,
2: <laughs> they, lo- yeah. they love the it, movie The Paths of Glory. Literally,
3: though. They literally <laughs> copied the Trevail Patrie famille thing, right? That was, their, yeah. that was their thing. And then we all clowned on it and said, Ah, you're, you're doing patanism from the left fucking awesome dude <laughs> But then, you know th- th- this is this is the result is it, it, this is now culminated in uh, Keir Starmer is gonna fuck a flag to completion on stage
0: so I have
3: uh,
6: I have just come here on my scooter from having sex with my matrice uh, and Look, I would like L- to say L-Labor, that uh, j'aime le business labor offers a, 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 a comprehensive is and, and
3: progressive foreign policy solution which is we have to reoccupy Algeria.
2: So yeah, um, here's, that's here's fucking right. Here's some of the stuff from the report. Oh yeah, that's that reminds me. it's like I want to go to a
6: fucking Labour Party f- f- focus group and be like, <laughs> I will never forgive them for the Corbyn era until they reoccupy Algeria. <laughs> until Sturma, the, in, like, oh in, fuck, in, we've got to do it. In, we've got to reoccupy Algeria until Keir
3: Sturma ties himself to the Polisario Front and the people of Western <laughs>
2: Sahara. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so th- this is this is only coming up because we were talking about um, Jim Inhofe from the US yeah. how he has the politics of a bog standard like Bush era Republican but also is super supportive of the Polisario <laughs> front. <laughs> that we we could totally get Starmer like just if a, a few listeners of TF end up in a focus group for labor just mm. yeah
4: like really like make sort of like North Let's African sort of like liberation politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of, things. Things th- one of the things that one of the that's really funny about it for me, at least, is that periodically you will encounter, for example, like Tory politicians, like Tory lords who are really, really anti-occupation of the West Bank and settlements and stuff like that. Like mm. there is a strangely, like there, there are sort <laughs> they of they support Palestinian from- <laughs> landlords. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: yeah, I may not like Arabs, but they're landlords just the same, <laughs> and that has to be respected. <laughs>
4: But no, I just what I'm trying to say here though is that you'll that'll you'll have that happen like the weird the like you just described bog standard Tory in this case, but who has like an oddly progressive or at least center left view on some particular issue, and it's just weird because the Starmer and Starmer's people, from what I can tell, like they don't have that; they just have Blairite policies, terrible delivery, and then. Every third one seems to be a huge turf and have like a really intensely right wing position. Uh, Like, I'm not saying the Tories are better, I'm just saying it's bizarre (laughs) to me that, like, not a one like they're not they're not even willing to go out on a limb for any particular issue it's all like this weirdly cagey focus group shit that makes no sense and I mean you might get to this Riley but one of the things about the focus groups it's hilarious is they keep butting up against the problem that the focus groups are so fucking drowned in the brain poison of British media that they're like but we want Boris to win we want Boris to do well we like Boris and it's unfair for you to criticize him because that's just not being nice to him like the default Hmm. setting in British politics based on the way the media is working in this country is like Actually, the Tories are good people and it's really rude of you to say they're doing something wrong as they kill your grandma.
6: Yeah, like the way you have to deal with Tory policymaking is like you're talking to someone's five-year-old who's done you a drawing. Like you're not allowed to say it's bad because that's mean. You have to acknowledge first and foremost that they're
2: doing their best while offering some very, very light critique (laughs) to the drawing. (laughs) Um, Because It's almost like if you're going to have a focus group-based politics as an opposition party in a country that has not elected you, what your focus group is going to tell you is that they like the other party. I don't get I don't get what that's supposed to do other than what? basically try to make but try to drag labor into some positions. Well, d- where it, it gives that, you doesn't really have to be. No, dragged it gives there, you a cudgel
3: to beat the left of your own party with, yeah, which that's is true.
4: But, but also so, it's like, OK, f- focus group. If you want a focus, group, focus group policy alternatives. But don't just be like. Like don't try to focus How group your great fucking attack do you lines. think
3: Boris Johnson is doing on a scale <laughs> of eight to ten?
2: Um hmm. I'm yeah. You know, well, I, I've got a few uh, things from this report. Again, it's like a branding agency uh-huh. uh, that did oh, it. Oh no. Yeah, because that's what they're doing. They're 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 on back onto branding agencies. Uh so you know we've they're made a racist
3: out, like... swoosh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so among the top recommendations is this. I'm sure we've all seen this. Our American listeners might find this fun. Uh, The use of the flag, veterans, and dressing smartly at war memorials. I love the use
6: of veterans.
2: Uh, huh
6: <laughs> Absolutely. I love to dress smartly at a war memorial. That's that's so fucking revealing
3: too, because aside from the thing about Corbin like wearing a slightly different jacket while Boris Johnson was rocking up, still visibly drunk, is like this is still such a psychic wound from the papers monstering Neil Kinnock of all people for supposedly wearing a donkey jacket to the cenotaph.
6: Yeah
2: <laughs> and as in, after they had they just they took pictures of him on the beach and then he fell over and split his pants. Yeah, I was
6: just going to say yeah, In this new version of the Labour Party we no longer will be falling on the beach. That was a part of branding that we realized was wrong. <laughs> no Labour leader will be falling in the sea ever again. Uh, the good people at McKinsey have told us not to do that.
4: <laughs> so um, I love the idea that they they focus group the Labour leaders that have succeeded versus failed and they've determined that the solution here was just get someone with impeccable hair. Because Mm -hmm. clearly, both Corbyn and Kinnock were suffering from some degree of male pattern baldness. And they're like, well, the British people don't want that. They need excellent hair. And so so they mm. got a guy with great hair who has no personality. This is one of the
5: arguments that was made when Ed Miliband was elected, right? It was the idea that, like, his brother, David Miliband, looked more, like, looked cleaner, by which they meant that, like, he. didn't like have like a nas- like a nasally voice and like mm. had kind of pristine hair and stuff, but there wasn't really sort of any argument genuine other than that. And it's just, I don't know, it's just sort of been this malaise from like that, for like all that, from the moment, like I kind of became interested in politics, which was after the 2010 election to now, like this has sort of always been like the labor psychosis.
1: Mm.
3: I distinctly remember back in the day when he was foreign minister, I distinctly remember uh, more than one article comparing David Miliband to Obama. And if that doesn't tell you something about how fucking insane
2: this country is, I don't know what will. Well, look, I th- think, the Hussein, the thing you identify, that the, the labor disease is, and I think it's especially true with, like, the focus group version of the party, is that it always feels like it has to apologize to everyone, like, I know you'd rather vote Tory, and we're not saying you're a bad person if you do vote Tory, but we really would appreciate it if you'd vote for us, because we think we might be able to do a few things, not better than the Tories, but we could try a few alternative. It's so apologetic. It's like a Christian aid leaflet, you get through the door once
6: a year, like, we know you, we know you don't really want to vote for us us but like why not give it a go like honestly if you vote for us just once we won't send you another letter for like two years i promise
2: (laughs) so they say that all of these things the use of the flag the use of veterans (laughs) and dressing smartly at the war memorial will give voters a sense of sense of authentic values alignment so i turn to nate do you feel uh good about giving the listeners of tf a sense of authentic values alignment and how good do
4: you feel about it on a scale of one to ten uh, I feel as though it would be very hilarious if the t f listeners based their expectations of the politics of veterans and what veterans want from politicians on me. It would be worse than Homer designing his own car uh, I feel as though because um the the fact of the matter is, and you know fair play to the British veteran leftists I've met who are very cool people. they are rarer Than leftist American veterans, my Mm. impression of the British armed forces is that everyone is fucking insane, and that when you get out of the British armed forces, you are absolutely to to use a a, an expression I hear periodically a mad cunt like you are just (laughs) like the level of right wingedness of the British armed forces is such that like I just don't think that trying to trot out veterans. Is going to do much for the Labour Party yeah. because like if you try to they that. will like detonate a vest beside a Labour leader. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like like what's the guy they always lose? They're they're completely blowing their their wad about Dan Jarvis, who was like a British uh, Army paratrooper and like he's a completely wooden politician who's on the right of the party he participated in the chicken coup he voted you know he tried to uh he supported owen smith like he's never done anything of note as a politician he's like a, i don't know he's a labor politician from somewhere in the south southwest i think and everyone's like oh make him labor leader like he he's less charismatic than pere starmer it's, it's just like, maybe he could do, he right could do, like the,
3: the troops yeah, are and, gonna and, sort and, this one out with military precision
4: Yeah, the lawyer
2: couldn't do it with forensic cross examination, so maybe the troops need to do it tactically, and you know, with uh, tactics. And and let
4: me, let me, let me be honest with you too. Like it is four (laughs) o'clock in the
6: morning. We are going to be leading the Labour Party focus group. You sir,
2: what would you like the Labour Party to do? Louder, say it so the Queen can hear you. (laughs) Sorry, Nate, please go on. (laughs)
4: Well, no, I'm just laughing because that's very, very good. I, TF listeners may have heard the story that I had a, a British Army uh, color sergeant as my the, the first sergeant of my infantry training course. He was on loan, basically, from the British Army. So at the first formation, we basically got yelled at like that. And I was just like, what? the, what the I don't even <laughs> fucking understand this guy.
3: He was yeah. too and, mad for the British Army. So they gave him to the Americans.
4: Well, well, no, and I've told the story on the stream, I think, before, but like that we were on a machine gun range and that I um, the machine gun I was firing fucked up and I was trying to fix it and it was like a live fire thing and when i took a knee and i guess because i had raised my head above the parapet as i was trying to fix the machine gun i suddenly hear are you bulletproof sir <laughs> and uh yeah so I, i've heard that voice before but i mean no the, the point the point being here uh i just don't see if you think that you can trot out veterans and that's going to swing this particular demographic what can you really offer the, in terms of jingoism and flag fucking that the Tories aren't doing already? Mm. And when you look at the general, the sort of, let's say, I don't want to say all veterans, but like the way that veteran stuff in the UK tends to be Are we like, thinking when, a- at the
3: same time about the T-shirt that just said, bloody Sunday, no apology, no surrender?
4: Yeah, yeah. When you think about that shit, or you think about the guys- <laughs> They really the like tri- that YouTube.
6: 2
3: <laughs> But like that Marine A, uh, like any number of like uh, activism against historical prosecutions for war crimes in Northern Ireland. Uh, you name it.
4: Yeah, I got I got because of one of my my relatives here in England is a is a British Army veteran. I got invited to a closed Facebook group called the Million Veterans March, and it was all about end vexatious prosecutions. Like. I think about the guys, the the security detail from the British Army in Afghanistan, who were shooting at pictures of Corbin at a training range in Kabul. You oh, know, they were from the parachute stuff. regiment. I mean, let's yeah. let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Dan, Dan, Dan Jarvis's boys, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like I just don't see. It if you want to talk about you know we're going to do things better for military and veterans we're going to cuz i mean everyone i know who was enlisted in the british army has stories about being put in like damp barracks full of fucking asbestos like that kind of thing it's stuff that's going to materially that's improve too veterans right, lives lads.
6: How do you expect like, to face down the enemy if you cannot face down a bit of damp asbestos? We're
3: also we're inhale. also we're also putting <laughs> we're also putting asylum seekers in them now, which is fucking great because we had yeah we're we treating them like Patel mm. come out and say oh well wh- why are they can play it's good enough for our boys to to fucking yeah. like inhale these fucking wads of asbestos.
4: Yeah. So to answer your question, Riley, the point I'm making here is that if you're going to lead with veterans and lead with things that are going to make interior, material improvements in the lives of veterans and active active military, but like if just veteran status is the thing like, that's going to signify professionalism, you think, to your voters, like the Tories already do that and they do it a million times better. And you know what? Like They had a, a British army officer, a veteran of the war in Iraq, fucking... Run for Tory leader, and everyone just basically called him a nonce and laughed him <laughs> off because they wanted Boris Johnson. Like, what? Do you, no, it's all for show. Like, don't don't fall for the sun trap and the fucking Daily Express trap. Don't be stupid. But it's the Labour Party. Yeah, uh, be stupid. Who cares? I was gonna say, yeah, be stupid.
2: Who cares? It's the Labour Party. It's also
5: like worth noting that I feel like we need to sort of investigate the British relationship to the troops, and the fact that, like, while they venerate certain troops, they fucking hate other ones,
3: right? Oh, yeah. It's, and it's um, way
5: more, like, uh,
3: <laughs> sort of vicarious, right? Because, like, okay, very few people in the US per population will, have been in the military. It's even lower in the UK. Like, basically, you know, you don't know that many people, on average, who are in the military. It's a very insular organization.
5: Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think also it's just, like, I don't know, I, I feel like you know, from my, I went to a school which, um, like venerated like World War II tro- World War Two troops, like a lot because of like alumni who fought in the wars and everything. Um, I was going to say like I, I had a story at the beginning about how I got like a week's worth of detentions because I wore the wrong blazer to the, uh, to the to the remembrance memorial. Um, yeah, I borrowed it of Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, it was a
2: it was a Gore Tex blazer. Um, I, 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 I wore the navy blue
5: blazer rather than no, I wore the black blazer rather than the navy blue blazer that I was supposed to, and I got a week's worth of detentions for disrespecting the troops. So there you go. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, but I think it's also just like I don't know. There's this tendency in this country where lots of people seem to think that they are in fact World War II troops, yes. and that they're still like mm. so they like sure. so they like partaking in the ritual. That make them feel like they're World War II troops, and I think you know what it is. Yeah, go this on. is a stealing valor ass
3: country. This is a country <laughs> where nobody has ever actually been in the military, but everybody lies about
2: it.
4: Yeah. yeah, Well, mm-hmm. something and, and, that I've heard a lot about from people is that if you go to communities where there's a higher rate of military service, like more people, more young people on average join the military than you know, like say in the north, in Scotland, in yeah. uh, in places that you know probably correspond to in parts of Wales, like that correspond to the sort of you know the Red Wall and whatever these that the true Labour voters they Gas think they're going to win then. back. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of them fucking hate Labour because of the Iraq War. Because of
2: no like, no legitimately, Nate, you don't understand. They don't hate it because of the Iraq War. They hate it because they didn't have enough flags
4: at the time of the Iraq War. <laughs> like <laughs> legitimately, leg- legitimately, legitimately. I can't tell you how many people I know who canvassed in the north who, who said that people would tell them that because of Blair and the Iraq War, they would never vote Labour. Like they're like we we won't we haven't voted in any election since then because we were so disgusted by it.
3: Yeah, and 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 the Labour right keep telling us that like no Blair won elections. This we're the ones who know how to win elections. And nothing about what happened after that, uh, because that just Mm. sort of didn't happen.
2: It's like like crossing a bridge and then laying a bunch of dynamite on it, (laughs) detonating it, and then calling yourself an expert at bridge crossing.
6: You can do that once. It's like, I think that there's a big, there's a big problem. I was having a conversation with, uh, I I have a mate who used to work for the Labour Party who's like, not like to the left of Starmer, but to the right of me, I think it would be fair to say. And, uh, and he's often a bit of an apologist for like the way the Labour Party does things. But we had an interesting conversation about how like... The Labour Party has refused to learn lessons, both of Blairism and of Corbynism, like from any direction. It's not like they've they've refused to learn just the left wing lessons. They've refused to learn any lessons whatsoever. And like the idea that they they always like the kind of the Matt Ford type people try out this thing like, oh, well, Tony Blair's the only one who's ever won an election. It's like, yeah, remind me how he did like, you know, in the last one. Like, like you know, what I mean, it's like people like like they're immune to the idea that the public's opinion of Tony Blair can have changed since 1997. Like, but Tony Blair is so fucking unpopular with the British public. Like, he is still an obstacle to Labour winning elections now because people remember Tony Blair. Yeah,
1: they, they remember there was for polling. Do
4: you there was polling about uh, Tony Blair recently where it was 60% disapprove, 20% approve, and if you dial down into the cross tabs of the polls, the only uh, demographic that was approving of Tony Blair were ages like forty. Andrew but- Adonis in different disguises. Yeah, yeah, they just did. They just did Tammany Hall
2: rules on Andrew Adonis. The Madonis. only
3: majority positive view of Tony Blair is like guys who wear a regimental watch band, but like weren't in the <laughs> military.
4: So, so no, I'm dead serious. They they drilled down. It was it was Gen X men in Greater London who vote Lib Dem carries <laughs>
3: around
2: a challenge coin. Yeah, a, a D-Ream challenge coin.
5: Like <laughs> I, I think the, the kind of like constant of trusting around of Tony Blair is also interesting as like a phenomena because it kind of like actually gets to the heart of like what the kiss Starmer problem is. Because like I don't know, my thinking, my very charitable thinking about Keir Starmer is about like. I don't think he's technically really done anything wrong per se. Like, or anything. Right. Well, he hasn't hmm. really done anything, but even the stuff that he has sort of done or said, like it hasn't necessarily been like outrageous or it hasn't really been kind of like really objectionable. Like, you know, very- certainly wasn't contagious. Right.
2: Well, I think but, I think beyond the stuff that we could have, again, we expect a right wing labor to do, like purge the left, all that stuff. Yeah. Right?
5: I think but like, even despite kind of saying all the supposed like right, things. Right. I'm just like with, with air quotes here, like you're still looking at polls, which are kind of like labor 34 minus two Tories, like 42 plus four, despite the fact that you have like still like a really, I don't know what, like the death rate, the coronavirus death rate is today, but like, you know, when you hit the 100,000 mark and you still got like, yeah, and just the party Tories just killing
3: their own base and, and still polling higher as a player. So, 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 so the kind
5: of like reminder, so the kind of like trotting out Tony Blair is an interesting one because you know if there's anything we also know about Tony Blair, it's the idea that like they had to like the 1997 Labour government had to basically concede on everything to like win the ele- like to to like win an election, right? Um, mm. You know, they had to kind of concede on so many things. So when Tony Blair has brought out like my thinking is very much like okay so the only way that you think that your party that you care about so much that you like are cheering on kind of a purge of anyone that might threaten it the only way that you think that it's going to win is through even more concessions than the last time like there's kind of so there's there's even like a lack of yeah so there's even kind of like a real lack of faith among the kind of Mm. few starmer zealots that there are right
4: Imagine being a Starmer zealot, by the way.
2: Uh, so but uh, move, moving it on just a little bit, uh, here are a few more th- And also, by the way, said? I think you point that out, right? Like, a few things to note about that. Number one, it is like that is an improvement in performance. And I think like, that's not down to anything about Kira Starmer. I think that's down to like the fact that the papers are no longer saying that he's going to give the country to Hezbollah. Um, yeah, and and, th- th- and that's why I won't vote for him. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> uh, I want to bring the, po- the not just the winemaking, but the politics of the Bacca Valley here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hezbollah love winemaking. <laughs> it's. It, it's- uh, we'll get into that later. Um, uh, <laughs> Join us on the stream for that one. Anyway, um, but uh, but it's truly he has like recovered that. But the fact that he's unable to like crack that forty percent ceiling is, I think, why we're seeing a lot of this now. Right? There was an article in the Times the other day that was like, "Oh, maybe Starmer should consider stepping stepping down and letting Hillary Benn or Harriet Harman take over." Oh. <laughs>
6: oh, I swear, there are a bunch of people who work at national newspapers whose entire job description is to. To raise my blood pressure <laughs> and also the political profile
2: of of, of, of like uh yvette cooper it's just, just like
6: total also rands who no one gives a fuck about like oh oh you know who could win an election harriet fucking Harmon. like what what are you smoking like what like i just, I just don't understand like i'm not the world's smartest guy right but like how do you look at Harriet Harman and be like, that's what the country needs, right? Like, the people in the Red Wall, like the people who are on the fence about the Labour Party, will see Harriet Harman and think, yeah, fuck yeah, that's my gal.
4: I mean, uh, Harriet Harman is my MP. And once again, it would be like, yes, great idea. Uh, appoint a, a Blairite turf whose own constituency hates her in a safe seat job for life who basically represents one of the most Remain-voting constituencies in the country. Yeah. I'm sure that's absolutely what you want to win back the people who, whether or not you believe all the... Bo- I mean, the, and this, the, the, the monstering of Corbyn did affect this. Like, the primary animus here was Brexit. They wanted Brexit. They want, they want to kick out the foreigners. That's what they want because the media tells well, them that, for- that the, the foreigners are making the bananas gay. Like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you, like
2: bringing bringing it sort of bring it back though, all in sort of into like this one big little package, right? This is clearly the they they are they have hit the problem of the forensic apo- approach isn't working. And you can see the media just going back into its normal cycle, mm. which is telling them that uh, maybe you should just be more like the Tories. And then also but not having them uh, suggesting that they nominate a bunch of people who've also lost a bunch of stuff uh, to the leadership roles. But what they have to do, make sure they have to do is just stand up in front of the flag. Mm. Now, um, this is, the this thing is, is why this was we just, don't talk about
3: up. the Labour Party is because it just makes us all angry for nothing.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, getting, getting back onto a few of the hits here, right? This was just a consultancy report from a branding agency. It's important not to overstate its importance, but also it's very funny to me that apparently, uh, leaks said that within hours of the report being uh, commissioned, a bunch of uh, WhatsApp messages were sent out saying that everyone should use Union Jacks for all of their header images and not uh, red. Hell yeah! Uh, so you know, uh, so uh, here here are a few more. <laughs> here are a few no, more things. No, why- here, Milo, Milo, blood pressure down. Here are a few more things. Okay. Uh, does Keir want an elected head of state? No. Is he a proud patriot? Yes. But what about his past support for abolishing the monarchy? Well, we all reflected what we said when we were in our twenties. Cr- Trusty's good friend, Mister Black. Keir has been proud of what the monarchy has done To help the country through the pandemic And now we're going to list what the monarchy has done To help the country through the pandemic Number one, William and Kate went on a train journey Uh,
3: The the queen showed up on fucking Piccadilly Circus To tell Uh us that we would be able to hug
2: our grandmas again So here's here's another little bit Uh, Keir Starmer's spokesperson went on to say The royal family has been a beacon of hope for millions Uh,
4: No it hasn't no has yeah, right. it, it, oh, Well, I mean no 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 I think it's important because there are millions of convicted sex offenders <laughs> in this country and Prince Andrew has demonstrated that there is life beyond yeah, being in. he's a raising awareness
3: of a very rare condition of
5: totally psychogenic
3: anhydrosis. Google. It.
5: And, say, and 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 say you what mean. you will, but he put he put woking on the map in the way that no one else has been able to. That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, a beacon of hope, the royal family, the guys who live in the gold house with the like son that couldn't stop hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, that's a beacon of hope for millions. And what again, their main action during the pandemic was that William and Kate went on a train tour of the country in a private train. Cool. Yeah, in place of Michael Portillo, who was self-isolating. <laughs> I um, mean, the um, really funny is, thing, bit, like, right,
3: is that like we're going to go all in. I say we like I'm still a Labour Party member, out of force of habit. The Labour Party is going to go fully into this, like, monarchy thing, just in time for the Queen to fucking die. Yeah, I we was going to say, I was we gonna say that. We get two months of awesome. state funeral. The paper's saying Keir Starmer is, like, smirking, and therefore <laughs> dancing on the on the grave of our dead Queen. And then we get
6: Keir King Charles who nobody gives a shit about and the whole thing was futile. Well, this is the thing, right? I think that, like, get once again the Labour Party just being absolute Marx, which is what—and not in the good way—just uh, <laughs> like continue. What I continually fail to understand about them isn't like how they lurch to the right or they do shitty things or whatever. That all makes sense. It's the way in which they just cannot fucking work out when they're being asked a bad faith question. Like, if they're asking you as the Labour Party leader what you think about the royal family, your only op- your only option is to be like, ask me a proper question, you fucking idiot. That's all you say to that. Because the royal family is like a pointless issue to engage about. Some people like it, some people don't. No one gives a fuck. Like, both the people who like it and the people who like don't like it do not give a fuck about it. And so, like, there's no point. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Just don't don't talk about it. Refuse to engage. They're trying to own you. Just tell them to fuck off. We,
5: we, also, we also have, like, another example about, like, the 1997, like, Labour Party and how you know, one of his critiques was that it was very, it was like really like ironclad in terms of press. Right. And it was very selective over like who would get what press and everything got like a lot of criticism for doing that. But I think about this now and I'm kind of like, well, maybe that was probably like the only, that was like one of the only ways to sort of like manage a naturally very hostile press to labor, regardless of like how much their leader has capitulated. And like, you know, for, again, for all the kind of like talks in comparison to Blair, like they haven't understood that like very basic premise which is if you're going to run with this strategy like you're going to have to like really piss off a lot of media yeah. people including it, like the kind of folks, like, the, thing, the Guido folks like the guido Fox unit that is now thing characterized i never thought
3: i would say but
2: you actually kind of do need an alistair campbell figure yeah well mm. the thing is right is, is that the current iteration of the labor party i think what makes them such a an object of fun is that they have adopted all of what they think of as the aesthetics of Blair yeah, without adopting stuff. any of the substance. They haven't adopted yeah. the, like, ruthless—they haven't really adopted the ruthlessness towards their own people. They adopted the ruthlessness towards oh, yeah. the left, I mean, that was b- done. Blair
3: is, Bla- Blair is like, look how bad I want it kills Dr. David Kelly,
2: whereas these guys are just, like, uh,
3: flags? Maybe, well, still, do you like well,
2: flags? It's that they yeah. they've adopted the aesthetics, but they have not adopted the strategy or the tactics again, like the and the in terms of like purging the left, like the papers basically did it for them. You know yeah, all yeah, they had yeah, to yeah. do was hit the button um, yeah, and, and, yeah. and they still, still missed button. the button the first three times they tried it <laughs> so uh, a few more things um that uh that voters uh, in these focus groups see uh starmer as. Uh, 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 as A big evasive, robot <laughs> Evasive and not being forthright And honest yeah, about is. where they want to be One Birmingham voter described Labour As two different parties under one name Which is true uh. An ex-later voter from Grisby is quoted as saying They are the voice of the students And they have left real people and taxpayers behind
3: oh, He's got too many
2: fucking genders
4: Suck my
2: genders. dick Yeah uh, left re- students, not real people, Can we talk about my
3: favourite aspect To all of this union flag stuff Which is uh-huh. Um <laughs> Scottish independence somehow winning With a like 102% margin Uh, Oh yeah I was going to
2: say yeah Scotland is going to vote for independence With a fucking bath party margin (laughs) At this point It's, like, it's going to be like, congratulations uh, to Scot- Scotland in its independence I, referendum, I, I narrowly edging out Hosni Mubarak. Yeah, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I care so victory.
3: passionately for my progressive and unifying vision of Britishness that I'm willing to incinerate Britain itself in order to get it.
6: What's so funny is that, like, on one level, obviously, Britain sucks so much that you can't really blame the Scots for voting for independence by such a margin, but also that immediately after they do it, Scotland will become worse than the rest of Britain. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's sort of an amazing situation where just, like, everyone is
2: fucked by it's it. A, it's a whole country of Kobayashi Maru, Rainy shit. separatist yeah. turf
3: island this is going to be fucking That's great. Right. I look forward to that.
6: Yeah, just, just like, just as reactionary
2: as Britain, but without the money. Like. <laughs> so a, a few more things, a few more things. Um, earlier this week, this is from the article in The Guardian, Starmer presented a party political broadcast beside a union flag and promised to rebuild the country. Mm. Uh, red wall voters have also been targeted with Facebook adverts, which demands Tories get tougher on border control mm. uh, in the context of the, of the coronavirus, where they had mm. said Britain is locked down, but the borders are open. Any idea why?
3: Well, why did um, you fucking tell them to keep the schools open then, you daft cunt?
2: And I, I think, like, you can you can very Alice, easily... do I you think, want
6: a job at Labor HQ? Because <laughs> I think
2: you can you Alice to Campbell. Yeah. Uh, so, look, look, I, I, don't, I don't want to jump on immediately saying, like, this is a very... Like, I'll say this. This is a very, like, xenophobic framing of a public health issue that's reasonable. Like, yeah, if there's a global pandemic, you should have, like, controlled yeah, like but, and but you know what you're doing and so on yeah, yeah. when you're
3: putting a yeah. union flag on it
2: yeah and and but it is locked down but the borders are open uh and i i feel like yeah i think you kind of do see what they're actually doing there um and yeah so i think that, that if you want to talk about like tony blair is margaret thatcher's greatest achievement i think it's not too unreasonable to say potentially keir starmer could be nigel farage's greatest achievement Oh wow, that's a dark Mm -hmm. thought. Yeah.
3: (laughs) You know my my favorite thought is that like uh, my my sort of my way of tying this together is that the labor right is a machine to dominate and humiliate the labor left. That's what it exists for. Everything else it is it is willing to burn to do that, including having a United Kingdom in the first place. And I think it's fucking hilarious.
5: Yeah, it's very, it, it is th- absolutely
3: are, a, like, lo- looking at the polls, it is fully like a, it's not, it's not even the thing that I say sometimes about don't cry because you got what you wanted. Like, no, all of these people are crying tears of rage because for the first time in their lives, they got 99% of what they wanted and they will never, ever forgive Jeremoy Crobnans for it.
2: <laughs> so I think mm. the other things to talk about around here before we go into the reading, which is very fun is, like, there's this whole idea that lab, that the the a Keir Starmer credible Labour Party, uh, which, by the way, ditches the image of spend, 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 so awesome. They've said the they're not going to go Tories back to austerity. The fucking doing but,
3: spend, spend, spend. Richie yeah. Sunak said that they were going to do post-austerity economics. You're going to
2: his right? You absolute fucking well, again, dipshits. This is just what the report said. Let's see what they do. But I don't see why they wouldn't, because that's the direction they're Uh going, is going to be like, we're going to be...
4: I've heard people, I had to interview or record an interview with a Tory MP for a client thing like a year ago, and they were going on about, they should try to outflank the Tories from the right on economics, which is like, what are you going to do, introduce the gold standard and reintroduce Caribbean <laughs> slavery? Like, what are, they, are you fucking nah. insane? I mean,
3: like the, f- the future of the Tory party is they're going to just do more, like, nominally left stuff just on a more racist basis. They're just going to get whites only UBI, which is like... Yeah, cool. And o- over here, Starmer will be no more austerity, but like in a, in a Britishness sort of way.
6: Trash Future is forced to become to become a Tory podcast because the Tories end up being the most left wing party <laughs> in the, well, the like, UK. Well, like basically, like there's
2: dangerously
3: <laughs> yeah. close to being
2: one party in the United Kingdom, and it's the Tories. Like, yeah. I, well, I, number one, number one, I think there kind of is one party in the United Kingdom. It just has two brands. Um, number two, not, even, I think, not like,
3: even that anymore. Like I, I think now it's just different Tory wings.
2: Number two, uh, I think like it's it's like let's let's like journalists do like to say, oh, is the Tory Party or the Republican Party finally going left? And it's like all of that stuff there going to be like shitty and res- anything they do that's like nominally um, sort of like at least like state capacity building e- 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 even.
3: For instance, the the, the biggest like uh, peacetime stimulus spending that the Treasury has ever done was we give you ten pounds to get the coronavirus by eating out.
2: It's it's all gonna be
3: it's all gonna be monkey's poor shit
2: if there if the so i think it's let i think the tories are never in danger of like going left of 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 labor unless like something crazy happens i think what the tories will do is do into more interventionist and like an activist government that's interested in investing but like all of the decisions they make are the decisions that you'd make if you were suffering the effects of smoke inhalation that's the <laughs> issue but if, i think there's there we we can't be like oh the, the tories are going to outflank the like uh labor to its left rather labor is going to end up um, missing opportunities and again I don't care I hope they lose um, I
4: good miss the opportunities this is 100% John McDonnell with his leather gloves in morning sunlight saying no he's playing you like yeah. they are falling <laughs> for a trap the Tories have set a trap here and labor is blundering into it because they're so they're so convinced that all they had to do was just decorbonize themselves that everything mm-hmm. would be fucking and sunlit uplands and like it's a trap they're idiots hey, good go into the trap fuck off <laughs> <laughs> fuck off into the trap <laughs> um, but
2: I think the other thing to talk about here, right, is that the the emptiness of these semantic claims around civic nationalism, where like, what the labor is offering to people, right, is we're going to stand beside the flag and stand beside a veteran. But when we when someone t- asks us what patriotism means, we're going to give like an answer that's like, oh, well, patriot. we're a pluralist country. So actually, the real patriotism is tolerance and the people who are being mm. intolerant. They're actually being unpatriotic by the definition of the word patriotism, given what our values are. Without, without, it's very difficult rec- to put
3: but, all of that on the back of a yeah. T-shirt, even on the beefiest ex-para.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Bloody Sunday, no apology, no surrender. That like stirs something in the nutsack of a, you know. Of a of a, of like a you know of a of a guy who's like intre- whose main interests are like you know surveilling Muslims on, on next door right boy no it's just short sure to stir me not sack <laughs> <laughs> right, so so like and you're never and the fact is that appeals to someone at like a base level that appeals to someone viscerally and if you bring that debate club version of patriotism if you try to like mm. say oh we're actually more patriotic by their own logic we have won the argument then that has never worked. And the other thing, the last thing, right, before we go on to the reading series, is that I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable saying that the Labour Party is going to pesocify if only because of first past the post. Nobody even knows what that that means. Or
3: cares. Yeah, exactly. Who
2: cares? Yeah, who shut up. Who cares? Uh it's a stupid organization that does a lot of uh makes a lot of funny blunders and they're fun to make fun of. But like I said, mm. if you're caring about them, you should spend your intellectual energy elsewhere. If you're spending money on them, you should spend your money elsewhere. Literally any Patreon. other place. Yes, yeah. on our Patreons the Patreons of our uh Cretanous Friends. Yeah, and like if you
3: can find some individual good and like if you have one of the handful of good Labour MPs and you want to, like, campaign for them, yeah, fine, whatever. But, like, you you, sh- you should be aware that, in general, the Labour Party is a flypaper for any kind of optimism or progressive instinct in the British people, and you're just stuck to it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm planning on doing the same thing with local elections in May, to be honest. The Labour, Labour councillors in Hackney have done pretty good stuff with regard to, like, cars and cycling, so I'm going to vote for them on that basis. Uh, if you're just vote labor out of habit, if you don't have a reason to do it, uh, I don't know, stay home on election day, do something else, yeah. play a video game. Mm-hmm. Why not Why not vote for uh, George Galloway? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do, do not. <laughs> spunk, spunk loving sluts. Uh, the official position of TF is you should not vote for George Galloway. <laughs> uh, I, I
6: will not be voting for George Galloway. No, really. I really hate George Galloway, man. Spunk what a fucking dickhead.
2: Lo- There we go, (laughs) there it is is. uh, How about this, instead of voting for George Galloway Write in, spunk-loving sluts Quoting George Galloway (laughs) However,
6: it would be really fucking funny To see Keir Starmer Have to focus group what to do In the wake of George Galloway Getting a huge margin at the local elections You know what he
3: would do? He would buy a hat
6: <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're gonna have to come out at least partially in support of blowing up
2: London. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's go into the reading, everybody. here uh, Starmer so this-
3: eating out of Ruler Lenska's palm like a cat. Oh yeah.
6: So I'm uh, a cat, Ruler. I'm a cat. And I think it's very important that you understand that I'm a cat, and that's why I'm wearing this leotard. It's not what I would normally wear, Ruler. It's not.
2: So. Um, yeah, I, I think we've gotten basically everything interesting out of that. Like I said, there wasn't even oh, this a lot in it. This has been it,
3: physically bad for us to do. We shouldn't hey, have done hey, it. You want
2: to? You want to? You want to have some rejuvenation? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, uh, what more do I have to do to get a peerage by Toby Young for The Spectator? Oh, that, oh, that's oh, the oh, shit oh, comes oh, <laughs> is, is everyone feeling oh, a little better? <laughs> little Toby
1: is
5: my boy.
6: <laughs> come on. Come on. So I just,
5: I just, I just want to say as someone who has read this column before we do the reading series that he is the most innovative columnist we have in this country. I agree. Like, yeah, I feel like I really appreciate like both his kind of creativity in terms of Disc- like in terms of like introducing new forms of discourse but also just how he's lent into the, the patheticness of his character nobody does
3: it like him and that's saying something in a nation nobody of columnists does it better.
6: <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel bad for the rest uh,
2: okay so let's let's check this out this is i'm i'm my vibes are already improving oh yeah oh, I'm like, i feel great i've gone from like a 3 out of 10 making the mistake of talking about the labor party again i'm back up cruising yeah. at a 10 local
6: elections vote for a- Toby Young. Yeah, that's right. that's right. This
2: is yeah. Vote for Toby Young. Put him into a government job for which he is unequipped and will blunder out of immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. So, watching Lord Hannon of Kingsclear being introduced in the House of Lords on Monday was a bittersweet moment. Is this Daniel Hannon? Yep. A fucking hell. On the <laughs> one, on not the one like hand, not
3: the peerage has ever been particularly selective or whatever. But yeah. Jesus Christ.
2: Uh, on yeah. the one hand, I'm <laughs> joining
6: de- the ranks of Lord Nons,
2: <laughs> Kitty <kiddie> Fiddler. <laughs> on the one hand, I'm delighted for Dan. He is one of the heroes of Brexit, and his impromptu speech about Margaret Thatcher in the pub following her memorial service brought a tear Toby, to my eye you, if, and if, if, everyone clapped. Yeah,
3: Toby, you say that you're glad for him and you like him, but like, why is that vein in your temple throbbing?
2: <laughs> why? I'm, I'm what? so fucking happy for you, dude. But on the other hand, I can't help thinking. Where's my bloody peerage?
6: Yeah, wh- what? Because you've never done anything, Toby. <laughs>
2: oh, 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 Milo. Au oh, contraire. Toby lists his accomplishments here. Okay. I've edited this and that. Cool. So. Oh, this and that. Oh, yeah, my favorite
6: magazine, <laughs> This and That
2: Weekly. Co-founded four free schools. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Served on the boards of numerous charities. And I set up the free speech union. Cool. Oh,
3: great. Imagine, cool. imagine cool. getting an OVE for services to posting.
1: wait hang on a
6: minute is he joking and it's a really bad joke no 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 Uh, he's doing the thing where he like he
3: has a really sincere desire but he tries to play it off with this like faux jealousy of being it's the the same thing like this is why Toby Young is so powerful is because he can't not own himself because the tool that he has devised to like get out of being owned is just to like lean into it and talk about how owned he is and how this is Mm -hmm. all very funny like for instance the other my wife
6: hates me as a joke
3: yeah yeah or the other great column or like i i, I invited 10 friends to my stag do and none
2: of them showed up like <laughs> yeah that's right so we're all in the pub listening to daniel hannon <laughs> yeah that's, that's right. right uh so um i thought my elevation to the lords might happen when boris became prime minister up until that point I'd, I'd given him more tobacco enemas than any journalist in fleet street and then he helpfully clarifies uh, in parentheses blown smoke up his arse uh-huh
4: um, okay. I even wrote Boris Johnson clip. actually wants tobacco in his asshole. He believes in 18th century magic. cures. <laughs> yeah,
6: um,
4: legally,
3: legally, uh, for legal purposes, we do have to clarify that the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, regularly has a hookah uh, like inserted into his anus.
6: That's hookah. Two O's. K A
2: H he he even he says i even wrote a 5000 word hagiography for an australian magazine quillette entitled cometh the hour cometh the man indeed i laid on the oil so thick in that piece i'm now worried yeah oil is certainly what you laid on toby i'm now worried that when i'm standing in front of saint peter in the pearly gates he's going to bring it up you did plenty of good works no. but you've been a decent you've been a decent husband uh. and father no uh. and you always gave money to beggars doubt it But on the other hand, you did write that 5,000-word piece about Boris, in which you compared him to Nietzsche's Ubermensch. And it's like... Hmm. Hmm. um, Cool. And it's like, okay, so... Or did you do it as a joke? Because you certainly didn't seem to be doing it as a joke at the time. He's,
6: he's literally being like, oh, why does Prime Minister Boris Johnson keep giving, keep giving uh, peerages to guys who treat him bad like Daniel Hannan when he could give them to nice guys like me? Literally, I've yes. simped for the Prime Minister so much and yet he won't even fuck me? What the fuck?
2: <laughs> um, it was Boris who got my hopes up. In September of 2011, he was mayor of London. He opened up the first free school. as helped to set up. He made quite a good joke as he cut the ribbon. The Secretary of State for, State for Education has given a new word to the English language. He said, referring to mutual, our mutual friend, "We give, they gave, he gove, he gove us this school." Oh, mate, Toby, mate, come on! He remembers on. that word for word. <laughs> what come on, mate. This guy. Got- this guy's a fu- no. He's the thing. Is like I'm, I'm upset again now. He believes he's, he is a he is a he's a Renfield, but he's like he's a Renfield who's like I don't Dracula. You know what a character. Anyway, I'm a Renfield for you, him. You know what my favorite <laughs> thing is.
3: He he like has this column has destroyed any chance. Not that there was one anyway, but like he he won't get a peerage now because like after this, he, mm-hmm. it's it,
6: Yeah, even his wife's not going to fuck him after this. (laughs) Well, after this, Milo. Yeah. I mean, if she was fucking him before, this would be the last straw, surely.
2: (laughs) Um, uh, Anyway, so he says, "Uh, I can't say I'm particularly enamored by the ermine or even the £305 daily attendance allowance. No, you really, really
3: want both of those things,
2: dude. No, Mm. the big attraction of the upper house is that it would force Caroline to take my name. When we got married, she said she'd never change her name. Oh, my fucking God, wife! Yes! (laughs) Yes,
6: my wife doesn't want to fuck me, so I have to become a lord!
2: Yes! (laughs) And again, the whole thing is written as, oh, this is a joke, this is a joke. That's mighty specific for a joke, Tobes. I think that, uh, and also given all of your other columns, I think you hate your family, your family hates you, and you're desperate to become a lord, so there's some purpose to your life. Because things he doesn't uh, list in this is that he's like... This last thing he did during COVID was, like, he started a blog saying that basically, like, lockdown shouldn't happen and COVID's all overblown. Yeah, look, Toby,
6: listen to me, mate. Your best chance of becoming a lord appear in the House of Lords is if... In some sort of like Ironia Sudbi type situation They contrive to make Heston Blumenthal a lord (laughs) And due to a confusion Of identity You accidentally, they hit you with the sword And then you're the lord
3: and they make a rom-com about it Heston Blumenthal, Agent 47 Situation
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly So he says it was the same story with David Cameron We were at Brazenose together Back oh, when uh, Toby just had pains to remind you That he was in uh, Oxford And when he was still Prime Minister He went to Oxford in the same way that like The kids that
6: they let hold the players hands Play for Manchester United
2: <laughs> <laughs> He was still Prime Minister I told him about the shock I received when I returned for a college reunion and David Ramsden A contemporary of ours now Deputy Governor of the Bank of England Let slip that he'd be given a knighthood Come on, Prime Minister! I said, "You've got to stick me in the Lords so I can one up him on the next brazenose gouty." He laughed. That's a dinner where you go back to college. He cool. laughed, but I told him I was in deadly earnest. I thought there might be some sliver of chance until we ended up on different sides of the EU referendum. Um, yeah, and this <sighs> is yeah, man. It was definitely so going to happen cool.
3: until like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To-
2: Toby, Toby Young, just uh, every time like <sighs> you t- even even the Conservative Party, which is like. A nakedly pay, 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 or- crawling yeah. patronage organization. <laughs> it is a finds patronage this organization. this guy
3: too repulsive.
2: Yeah. He is, he is mm. too Keeps cloying repulsive, and tripling down
3: on it. He's just like, please respond. Please respond. Please but, respond. Please but, respond. I sent you a picture I made of myself wearing the robes. Please Give me the peerage,
6: <laughs> Toby Young doing the same thing to Boris Johnson that that SNP uh, minister was doing to that sixteen-year-old <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 He's, what's di- up? he's
2: dying to Derek Mackay, uh, Boris Johnson. <laughs> 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 hey, do you like rugby? <laughs> um, yeah, no, t- grooming t- 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 the Young. fucking
6: prime minister is such a funny yeah. <laughs> Um, What was so funny about that was that it was an attempted grooming You don't often hear of that Like a grooming that failed because you were outsmarted by a child (laughs) Like the whole reason that grooming is illegal Is because it's not really a level intellectual playing field Between you and the child (laughs) So when the paedophile just gets like bullied and nagged by the child It becomes hilarious
2: (laughs) I realize the prospect of me becoming Lord Young of Acton is about as likely as Katie Hopkins being made a dame.
6: Oh, he's Wonder even why. picked out the fucking place too. Yeah. <sighs> it, now, now the ultimate own is to uh, is to make her a dame. Yeah. Abs-
2: the the sp- of the No Tobies Club.
6: <laughs> Katie Hopkins less stupid than Toby Young because Katie Hopkins is right wing as a grift. Toby Young is right wing because he wants people to like him. <laughs>
2: Um, but whenever a new list of honors comes out, I cannot help running my eye down it and thinking, what's that oxygen thief being given that he's achieved nothing compared to me. Stop bandying the word oxygen thief about, Toby. (laughs) Come on, mate. That's a glass house. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just, I think, the most pathetic man in Britain who is unable to stop writing about, like, all of the indignities that he must suffer (laughs) on a daily basis. These are at the hand of his family, his employers, the general public. And my uh, favorite part is he
3: thinks, he believes, I think, desperately, sincerely, that this comes off As, like, ironically self effacing and self aware, Mm. instead
4: of just, oh, pathetic. It's really. Yeah, he he thinks that he's the protagonist in a Martin Amos novel Mm. when, in fact, he's basically like. He's somebody who gets his pants pulled down on MTV's punked. <laughs> Protagonist in
6: a Kingsley Amos novel. <laughs> yeah, he's Lucky Jim. Every Toby Young uh, column has exactly the energy of those YouTube nutshot compilations.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, here's a load of
6: times I got hit in the nuts.
2: <laughs> anyway, I'm not owned. Uh, so uh, to Toby Young from TF Podcast. Ah, uh, consider YouTube.
3: Hmm. Yeah. As a did, did you know yeah. that you can buy the little lapel pin that they give you when they give you an MBE or an OBE off of eBay for a fiver? <laughs> Just do you that, go, Toby.
2: Do that. What are they, yeah, yeah, they going to do? Fucking is. check. I don't think so. <laughs> Here's another thing you can do. If you're still a member of the Labour Party after all this episode, take, buy take a House of Lords pin. Yeah, take use that the money m- for that. and <laughs> take that
3: and spend that on getting yourself a little
2: OBE pin. Yeah, or get Toby Young an OBE pin. I'm sure you yeah, would appreciate your OBE pin. sending him ironic OBE pins. <laughs> Owned. That would be very funny, actually. Uh, do, do not do that, of course. Um, anyway, I think... Only do it in a non-threatening way. Uh, do not do it at all. There is no way to consume it that is legal. Um, uh, so I think that's that about ends us for today for this free episode of TF. Uh, it's been uh, a good time Hanging out with all of you as ever
6: Toby Young in a sort of fucking like Howard Hughes Type situation <laughs> like tormented By all these different honorific Pins <laughs> that keep arriving in the mail Yeah, like, I've, I've I sent- will never be A knight of the garden! God damn you Moriarty
3: <laughs> Yeah I've sent Toby Young A fucking like Order of the Red Eagle or something I've sent him a bunch of czarist <laughs> Decorations yeah. they don't issue anymore As a yeah, joke he- and He's just I, uh, yeah, furious. I've gave, I,
2: I, I gave I've given him a, a, an order of the of the um, of the Vitezi red, but he just <laughs> accepted it. <laughs> weird. That's all right Yeah. To- Toby Young, Param
3: Vishakra.
2: <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I want to say thank you for listening to all this. Don't forget, yeah. we have a Patreon. Five bucks a month, you can subscribe to it. This week, uh, we talked to artist Jessica Eaton all about the strange financialization of the fine art industry and all of the morbid symptoms hmm. that produces so i'm um, we've and recorded also, that already as she should get yeah we um we we've uh, talked about that uh we excuse me we've recorded that already and it's a really good episode i'm very excited for you all to hear it it was very fun uh, also uh, the bottleman by the time this is out the canadian podcast i do with dan beckner uh, will be out it will be out. It will be available. You yeah. can listen to it, will, it. It will be out for a rip, bud. <laughs> it will be out for a rip. So if you want to hear me and Dan yeah. Beckner of Wolf Parade and operators talk about Canadian politics yeah. with uh, various guests, then you should download The Bottleman. Yeah. yeah go also the
6: yeah the the patreon for uh masters of our domain the seinfeld podcast i do phoebe roy has now launched so if you like your uh the balthazar speedboat type thing that is loosely about seinfeld uh (laughs) maybe drop a sub to
2: that speaking of phoebe roy i believe 10k posts also has a patreon now as well Wait, wait, wait when is this coming out uh tuesday
5: uh no so it'll be out the following week
2: Okay. Uh, disregard that. 10K Post does not have a Patreon. But we will have a uh, yeah, n- but, will. but We will have a Patreon
5: soon. But in any case, I keep forgetting to like plug 10K Post. So like, listen to 10K Post. We we're like, you know, it's it's a fun show about posting and being online and having a good time.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right.
6: Um, yeah. Hussein, Phoebe Roy, and Toby Young.
2: he's the funny one. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he's a real card. Can't believe uh, they brought
3: right. Toby Young in as third mic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also introducing the uh, the sixth uh, member of TF <laughs> Toby, Toby Young <laughs> Toby Young Spending months writing
6: articles About how much he loves Nick Mullen Because he wants to be let on Countdown. Down at that fucking Loser Adam Friedland on Come Down He
2: won't have me? I've achieved so much I started a club of people Online who are friends And who will like yell at people if they're mean to you Yeah. Alright alright That's all for us today See you in the bonus episode In the bonus In the bonus chamber